Once again, good morning, everybody. <laughs> really great to see you this morning. And uh, finally getting some rain, so glad about that, right? Excited about that. Anybody excited about Tennessee beating Kentucky yesterday? That was pretty exciting. Uh, I did some Uber driving around that. And it was, you know, kind of, it seemed like most of the people I drove were Kentucky fans staying in hotels and bringing them and you're having those conversations like, well, I hope you do well after you play us. <laughs> you know, those kind of uh, conversations with them. But uh, uh, one, one, one fan I had, I thought this was kind of cool. I, I picked up one Tennessee fan after the game. This was, I thought this ought to be on the radio or something. He and his wife were from Hazen, North Dakota, Tennessee fans. He had an uncle that liked Tennessee. He's never been to Tennessee, but as a boy, he liked the color orange and started cheering for Tennessee, uh, got hooked on him, and and, and, in North Dakota subscribes to the SEC, the Southeastern Conference Network, never misses a a game. And so this uh, past December, he just decided he and his wife were going to buy tickets and come to the Kentucky game. And I just picked them up. They were beaming and excited after that game. I thought somebody needs to give them some UT gear uh, after that game. Amazing, amazing. I did have to, uh, I was trying to be nice to the Kentucky fans, but I had a couple ladies in the back of my car, and they were Kentucky fans, and I said, I just offered to play music for them, and I turned on Rocky Top so they could hear it. But <clears throat> This is the last in our series, and we're going to begin our series that leads up to Easter. And it was mentioned uh, that on Wednesday night, that's this Wednesday night, um, actually, Mary's prayer group is going to be moving to Wednesday so that we can we can have a special service uh, leading up. It's the season that's called Lent, the 40 days that lead up uh, to the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And uh, so we're going to have a special service explaining what that is. Uh, some people during this, this season decide to make some change in their life or begin some period of fasting in their life. Uh, uh, so that's something to consider. But on, on Wednesday we'll be doing that. And we're going to even be offering ashes for anyone that wants to for Ash Wednesday. Churches all over the world uh, will be doing that. And it's a way, uh, the, the purpose of Ash Wednesday is to remember our mortality. It's to remember that we are dust and we're going back to dust and that without God we're nothing. And so it's a, it enters into that period of, of walking with Jesus through his suffering as we await the resurrection. Now, I'm really excited as well about Good Friday. Good Friday is the Friday before Easter. And on Good Friday, um, we are going to do something really exciting. And I hope that you'll just make uh, that time available on Good Friday to meet at the church. Because um, I I met a guy who's a Messianic Jew. And he um, he does an explanation of the Passover meal with the symbolism of Jesus through it all. And so what we're going to do on Good Friday is we are going to celebrate the Passover together. We're actually going to have a Seder meal. So the auditorium will be set up with tables and we're going to have a meal together as they would have uh, on just before Jesus went to the cross. But we're going to expl- have all the explanations from a, a, a Jewish believer of all of the symbolism. And, and so I'm really excited about that. And I hope you'll You'll make your calendars available for that and be a part of that. This is the last in our series, When Pigs Fly. I've really had a good time uh, sharing uh, in, during this series with, with all of us. But this particular week, we've talked about miracles of healing and 
uh, miracles of deliverance and miracles of protection. And this week we're going to talk about miracles of provision. And I think this is a good time of the month to talk about miracles of provision because this is the first of the month and we just finished the last of the month. I, I, got, a, I got a call on March 1st uh, for an Uber drive and sometimes when I'm on the way to pick somebody up for an Uber drive, uh, I'll get a text from the person to kind of explain where they are. And this text said, you're going to see a couple ladies with some big buggies full of groceries. And so I, I, I drove to this grocery store, and I, man, I'd never seen so many groceries in my life. I got to these ladies, and it was just filled with groceries, and it was a retired lady, and she said to me, she said, this is the beginning of the month, I just got paid, all of these groceries have to last me the entire month. So she was doing her first of the month grocery shopping uh, after just kind of eking it through February and, uh, and beginning a new month again. Uh, so, it, you know, this, this message is for single moms who sometimes feel like you've got more month than you've got money, if you know what I'm talking about. And, uh, but, but also, uh, you can make six figures income, and with all of the challenge, maybe student loan debt, maybe uh, mortgage payments, maybe whatever it is, that there's that struggle to sort of make it. And we're going to talk about how God provides. There are countless examples in Scripture of people who didn't have enough, or they feared that they didn't have enough. But in every case, in every case in the Bible where people were afraid that they didn't have enough, God provided a miracle of provision. In every story, that's, that's a big statement. In every story of need in the scripture, there was a miracle of provision. God came through. Amen. 5,000 people that are listening to Jesus teach. They don't have any food, but they're wanting to receive what Jesus has. Jesus says to his disciples, go uh, buy these people bread. And, 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 and the disciples said, it's ridiculous. There's no way. We don't have enough resources. There's no way we could, we could, we could, we could uh, uh, do this. And uh, you know the story. There was a little boy who had five loaves and two fish. And he gave them, and Jesus multiplied them, and there were 12 baskets left over. I've always kind of wondered about that 12 baskets. There were 12 disciples. He may have given each disciple a doggy bag uh, to take home with the baskets left over so they would remember that miracle. But you know why I believe that Jesus had 12 baskets left over? I think it's a sign, that, and, and some of you can attest to this, that when God provides for us, he doesn't just give us enough, but he's a more than enough God. Amen. Amen. He's not just a God. He doesn't like, uh, he doesn't like figure it out to the, uh, to, 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 to the third decimal point. God always overestimates. And that's what generosity is, isn't it? Generosity isn't like, okay, you, you need exactly this much. This is exactly what I'm going to give. But we have a God who is not just enough. In fact, there's a place in the in the, in the uh, Passover service, where in Hebrew they say a word called dayanu. And dayanu means it would have been enough. And what they're saying is it would have been enough 
if God had just brought us out of Egypt, but he didn't just bring us out of Egypt. He brought us into the promised land. And over and over they say, it would have been enough. It would have been enough if God did that. It would have been enough if he provided food, but he did more than provide food. He was abundant with us. It would have been enough if he had provided a shelter. But how many can attest that God's not just enough, but he's more than enough. Amen. Amen. So God provides, and he did that in that story. And there's, a, there's another story where there was a, a widow and the prophet comes to the widow, and she's down to her last little bit of oil. And the prophet is hungry, and he asks her to make uh, some cakes with the little bit of meal that she had and the little bit of oil. And, and, and it was be- that was between her and starvation. But the scripture says that when she made the cakes for the prophet with the oil and the meal... That every time she poured the oil, it never ran out. It never ran out. But the oil just kept coming. It was a time when they thought there was not going to be enough, but there was more than enough. There was another time when the prophet Elijah, there was a drought, there was no rain, and he sent birds to feed the prophet uh, Elijah And uh, he put him down by a brook so that he would not run out of water. And the whole time that it was a famine and a drought, he survived that. There was a time when one of God's prophets was thrown overboard and God provided a fish to swim by and get him. God provides for us when, and every time when it seems that, 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 that there's no way out, God is a miracle worker and he provides. Amen. Amen. Two of you agree with that. God provides. Amen. God really provides, amen. In every, in every story of need, there is a miracle. There's a miracle. My, my, uh, my parent, this, this story sounds so old school. I, I heard my parents telling it growing up, and I called my mom this week just to verify it again. But she tells the story. It was the end of the month. They were in college. Uh, they had three boys while they were in college. Uh, wow, my dad says that uh, in terms of birth control, they were practicing the rhythm method, and he said, I didn't have very good rhythm. <laughs> so anyway, they, they came out of college with three boys graduated and, and trying, to, um, trying to provide for their family, and it was the end of the month, and they had, they had one quarter left, one quarter left, and they were hungry. They needed to buy bread, but they also needed to do laundry. And uh, they were proud enough that they decided to do laundry and just go hungry because the beginning of the month was coming up and they would get paid. And so they were just going to go hungry until that beginning of the month. But uh, they said in the trailers that they lived in, there was a little store. And then down underneath the store, there was a laundry where they could do it for a quarter. So they went down and they washed their clothes for a quarter. And as they were coming out of the laundromat on their way up, there was a shiny quarter sitting on the steps. And they went and bought themselves some bread. Now that doesn't sound like a new BMW or anything like that. But when you're hungry, a loaf of bread's exactly what you need. Amen. Amen. God provides. He's the giver of all good things. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory. God is the giver. Every good gift comes from God. He provides abundantly. 
Now, now I do have to share a little caveat to this. It didn't say, my God shall provide all of your wants. It said, my God will provide all of your needs, and what you need is some shelter. But I know what I want. I want a farmhouse with granite countertops, wood floors, and uh, four television sets, a three-car garage, four of my two cars and boats that was designed by Chip and Joanna Gaines. Amen? <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I want. I, I need rest, but what I want is an all-inclusive vacation in the Caribbean. I need clothes, but I want that designer handbag in those Nike Air Jordans. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference between what we need and what we want. But I want to share with us this morning three principles Three principles of God's miraculous provision. The first one is this, that when, as you're taking notes, by the way, in your worship guide, there's a place to take notes. When God guides, He always provides. Come on, that even rhymed and everything. Come on, guys. When God guides, He always provides. Amen. Amen. Another way that I've said that is, is, is wherever there's vision, God will provide provision. If God gives you the vision, he'll give you the provision to go with that vision. When God guides, he always provides. Isaiah 58, 11 says it this way. The Lord will guide you. Oh, I love that. Always again. The, the, he will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, Isaiah 58, 11. Some of you may think, well, God's not coming through for me. Um, but could it possibly be because of the way that we're using what God has given us? We're still paying from Christmas from 2014. And we're asking God to come through for us. Maybe God has met our needs, but we spend what God gives us on our needs, on our wants. Now, come on, am I telling the truth this morning? Amen. His provision isn't a get-out-of-jail-free card for all of our stupid decisions. But the good news is that when God directs you, that when God guides you, He provides for you. God provides. There's a story of, a, there's a story of this lady... And uh, she was a single mom. And she, was, uh, she would just go right out on the lawn and just, Oh, God, provide for all of my needs. And she would just pray that God would provide for her needs. And she was not embarrassed to pray about it publicly. And her neighbor hated God. Her neighbor just hated God. And it irritated the daylights out of, out of him when, when this lady would, would just go out asking God to provide for all of her needs. So one day he said, I'm going to get her. And uh, so he went to the grocery store, bought three big bags of groceries, and uh, she, he, when she wasn't there, put it on her porch right in front of her door. He hid behind the porch door, and when she came home, she said, Yes, God, you provided for me. And he came out from behind the door and said, No, God did not provide for you. I bought 
you those groceries. God's not good. He doesn't care about you. And she began to praise the Lord. And she said, God, you're so good. I asked you to provide, and you had the devil pay for it. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Abraham wanted a son more than anything else. He and his wife Sarah prayed for years and years, not just years and years, they prayed for decades, and finally God gave him a son beyond childbearing years. And, uh, and then God asked him to do something so strange. It, it, I almost hate telling the story in our present culture because it just doesn't even make sense to our sensibilities. But you have to know that God was never going to put that son at risk, but it's a real faith story. But he asked, he asked Abraham, if he would give up his only son, Isaac. And uh, you know the story, how he brings, he and Isaac go to, uh, to, to the mountain, Mount Moriah, and he's going to, he, he's literally, he, God, has, God has promised him that he's going to be the father of many nations, and he goes to sacrifice his son, and, and uh, just before he's ready to do it, angel of the Lord says, wait! And he looks around, and there's a lamb that's in the thicket, and the lamb uh, becomes the sacrifice, which, by the way, was never about Abraham and Isaac. It was a picture that God uh, wanted to show us that, uh, that, that when it seemed like all hope was gone in your life and in my life, God himself provided a lamb. Amen. Amen. That Jesus Christ became the sacrifice for our sins. And uh, it says, Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket... He saw a ram caught by its horns, and he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord will provide, Genesis 22, verse 13. Abraham was living his life fixed on the will of God. But how many times are we fixated on our needs, on our needs? We need to be, uh, have our eyes fixed on the will of God and not fixated on our lack. God wants to not only provide, but he wants to be the God who is more than enough. Amen. 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 Second thing that I want to share with us this morning is that God miraculously multiplies what is given. So he takes this little boy's bread and fish. He takes what little he has and he multiplies it and he gives it. And when he gives it, Jesus multiplies it. Can I ask you a question this morning? When did the miracle of multiplication take? And by the way, I appreciate what you said this morning, Tanner, because it really fits in right here. Because... It wouldn't have taken any faith if Jesus had just suddenly, uh, miraculously produced 5,000 loaves of bread and fish for everybody. But what he did was he just took into each individual one. When did the multiplication happen? The multiplication happened after the gift was given. Amen. 
as the gift was being, why didn't, why didn't in the miracle that I told you about the oil, why didn't the prophet just say, oil be, and there was just suddenly a storehouse of oil. For, I'm giving you a, a lifetime supply of oil. That's not what happened. What happened is every time, every time that she poured the oil, every time that she took an act of faith, that God responded to that faith, that when we act, God, that when we, when we give uh, what we have, that God does something miraculously with it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. I think back to our, our, our church in Illinois. We were just, uh, southern Illinois was a coal mining area. Um, it's like my grandfather says, we were dirt poor and then the depression hit. It's just one of those parts of the country that, that time has forgotten. And, and uh, it's not a prosperous area of the country. But we watched God do amazing things in our congregation as just simple people. When I first came to that church and God started changing things, um, and, and by the way, I think that's going to be my lifelong legacy, that, 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 that uh, my ministry is going to be to go to churches where, where maybe it was dying or whatever, and, 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 then, uh, and, and, and then just speak to the dry bones and say, you dry bones live, and, and watch God do a miracle. But whenever you do that, it cre- creates disruption. So we had a few wealthy people in our church, but they left when, when, when all of that happened. And so it was just down uh, to, to the common folks in the church that, that were just faithfully giving the little that they had. And we watched God do great things. Um, our, our church began to grow. And then uh, one of my mentors, Pastor Hardwick, came to our little property and said, I don't think this property is going to be big enough to do what God wants to do. If I were you, I would go out onto the highway and look for some property with a roll to it. And I remember that just, I, I thought, you don't know our people. You don't know what, you don't know our lack. You don't know what we don't have. You don't know about Southern Illinois. You don't know about all things. But let me just tell you something. If we'll get fixated on the will of God and on the plan of God, God will take care of providing for us. Amen. Amen. And we saw with that little congregation that, that the money was ready and we were able to pay for 27 acres of property debt free. We uh, built a, a $3 million facility on that property. Never missed a mortgage payment on that building. They haven't to this day. And we completed it just as the economy dropped out. We, we, we finished the building in 2006. As you know, the economy tanked shortly thereafter. But, but, but because uh, we, were, we were following God's plan and God's will, He's always provided and it's always been enough. Amen. I'm watching God do miraculous things. There, there's, some, there's, some, uh, there's some things that I can't even say publicly yet uh, that, I, that God is doing right here uh, in our church. And uh, I'm in some conversations uh, with some uh, community organizations uh, that are talking about coming alongside with us and, and, and when and if that happens, it, 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 could, it could catapult what we're doing at this church in terms of our 2020 vision of being a church that's going to reach our neighborhood, a church that's going to, uh, that, that's going to be, uh, reflect the multiracial... Uh, 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 here's how I pray that. 
your will on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is going to be a multicultural, multiracial church. Shouldn't the church on earth look like the church in heaven? Amen. And so that's the, that's the vision that we've been casting at Life Church. And as we cast vision, you know, vision's free, but it takes money to do ministry. But as we've been casting vision, God has been uh, supplying our needs all along the way. And there's things that are brewing right now that, that I'm so excited about that in the days and weeks ahead I'm going to be able to be sharing with you. But God is doing great things. And, and, and if we're faithful and we don't just have a, a, a mentality where we're, we're focusing on our lacks, and I've watched this church just little by little. And by the way, that's how they took the promised land. They didn't just walk into the promised land. But God said, I'm going to give it to you little by little. And, and, and so uh, don't, 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 dis, don't be despairing if, if things don't happen overnight. But little by little, we've seen the lobby become a more welcoming place. And now the children's area is becoming uh, better for children. So we've been in conversations with a friend of ours back in Illinois who's the best guy I know in the world for doing concrete floors and he does these artistic things with him and he's amazing and all that. And we just called him for advice. And he said, what if I do more than advice? What if my wife and I just come down, volunteer our time? I may even have extra materials and just do the, do the work for you. Let me just tell you something. If you're faithful and, 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 you, and you begin to cast vision, God's got miracles that we can't even imagine that he wants to help us with. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. God wants to multiply our gifts. I don't want this to come across like the prosperity gospel. I'm not saying that if you give $100 when you go out to your car, it's going to turn into a BMW. Praise God. No. But, but, but so, so people could ask me, am I a prosperity gospel? I'm not, but in a way I am, because here's, here's the way that I am. I do pray that God doesn't just give you enough. I pray that God gives you more than enough. I pray that God blesses you so much that from the overflow of the blessing of God in your life that we can be generous and that we can... And so even now, as God's blessing Life Church, in the month of March, we're helping to plant five new churches across North America. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Out of the overflow of what God is doing. And listen to 2 Corinthians 9.10. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need. Now listen to these words, plus more. He supplies every one of your needs, plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. This principle goes all the way back to the tithe. Some people say, well, tithing is in the law. Well, Tithing actually predated the law. Tithing was a, a principle that if you put God first, what is tithing? Tithing is giving the first portion of your income back to God, the first 10%. 10 rep why is it 10%? Because God wants 10% of No, he doesn't want 10%. God actually wants all. Everything that I have, everything that I have belongs to God. All my income, all my talents, everything that I have, all that belongs to God. But 10% represents the whole. And so as we dedicate that 10% to God, it, it consecrates everything. And, and what it does is it says, God, you're first in my life. You're first in my life. And what God does is he takes our little bit, no matter, you know, if you're just, 
And you know what? It's counterintuitive. You think, well, if I keep all my money, then I'll have more money to spend. It's counterintuitive, by the way, to take a day of rest. If I work seven days a week, then I'll have more. Can I just say uh, Chick-fil-A has done okay on six days a week? Chick-fil-A has just made a principle. We're, we're just not going to do it on Sunday. We're going to, we're going to, and it wouldn't matter if it was seven, Sunday or whatever day they chose, but they've chosen and they're not going to, they're not going to do business on Sunday. And I think the devil always makes me, I only crave Chick-fil-A after church on Sunday. It's the only time I ever crave Chick-fil-A. I crave it every Sunday. The only time I can't get it, dadgum, you guys. But anyway, the Super Bowl, they put pressure on Chick-fil-A. This is the Super Bowl, Chick-fil-A. You're in Atlanta, Chick-fil-A. Get your act together. you got to open on the Super Bowl. And some of their competitors said, we're going to be open during the Super Bowl as a way of getting Chick-fil-A. said, we're not having it. Chick-fil-A is doing just fine. And the principle is they're doing more on six than others can do on seven. Can I tell you, that's what I believe about tithing, that my money goes further on 90% because I put God first with my money, then it would go if than, than if I uh, spent a hundred percent on myself. Amen. Amen. I think four of four of you agreed with that one. We're making progress here. Amen. But that's the truth. Putting God first. Uh, it's interesting when they went into the Promised Land that the first city they were not allowed to take anything from it. The first city belonged to God. It's just a principle in the Scripture. God said, don't take any of the plunder from it. The first belongs to me. Why is that? Because it says, God, you're first in my life. All right. So what do we know? We know that when God guides, he provides. We know that God miraculously provides, uh, miraculously multiplies when we give. And the last thing that I want to say is that you might be a part of God's miraculous provision. Sometimes we don't just need to pray for the miracle. Sometimes we just need to be a part of the miracle. Amen. That we can be the miracle. That, that, when, that when we gave, oh, we're going we're gonna to give uh, so that we can send a group to Peru on a mission trip. Can I, can, I, can I just elevate that a little bit more for you? When you gave to the Peru mission trip, was it three villages? Three that you water? Two and water, and then there's three to come, right? Six more to come. So two villages that didn't have any clean water, filled with diseases as a result, because of what you did, two villages now have clean water for the next ten years. Thank God for that, amen? So it's not just praying for the miracle, but it's being the miracle. 2 Corinthians 9.11 says, You will be enriched in every way so that you can become generous on every occasion and that through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I just want to challenge your faith this morning. Fear asks, well, what if I run out? Faith asks, what do I have to give? Fear says, I don't have enough. Faith says, my God is more than enough. Fear says, I can't afford to tithe. Faith says, 90% with God's blessings goes farther than 100% without his blessings. Amen. Amen. God will meet every need according to his riches in glory. 
Amen. So it's, it's a really, this is not one of those that I, I can come to you and say, well, God might take care of you and he might not. There's not an example of, in Scripture where there, was a, where there was a, they thought that there was a need that God did not provide a miracle of provision. Back in the day, I used to sing it like this. Have you ever been hungry? Jesus will feed you. Have you ever really needed a friend when he didn't need you? Have you ever seen someone who was down and out that Jesus didn't care about. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed left begging for bread. And then it went on from there. Amen. David said, I have been young and I've been old. Worship team, if you'd come. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed left begging for bread. Now I, can, now, now I can, with authenticity, not just say David said it, I can say it because this last week I got my first senior citizen's discount uh, at the restaurant. So I can say I have been young and I have been to um, Chili's and got 10% off of my meal. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen where there was a need that God did not provide. I don't know who you are today, single parent, maybe just overwhelmed with bills no matter what your income is. God wants to not just Meet your need down to, the, down to the third decimal. But he's an over-the-top God, and he wants to bless you. Amen? I want to go to the Lord in prayer right now because the greatest need, the greatest need is our need of salvation. If, you're, if you don't know where you stand with God, there's a real good chance this morning that, you, that you're not yet in a relationship with him and you're not ready. But if you're here this morning and you have a need of God and you say, I want that empty place in my soul filled today, God doesn't have to think about whether I'm going to do that or not. He always provides that need. Always provides. So with every head bowed and every eye closed today, if you today would say, Pastor, I don't want to leave this service today without experiencing what you talked about today. I want my need of God met and I want to leave today knowing him as my Lord and Savior and I want to put him first in my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand in this house today? Thank you, God. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for what you have done this morning and Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the challenge and also this, the hope, Lord God, that you provide all of our needs. I thank you, Lord, for the way in our own lives when, when we didn't know where it was going to come from, that when we put you first, that you came through. 
you're a God of miracles. We praise you for that this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. I'm going to ask the ushers to come. We're going to wait on you for the morning tithe and offering. Let's pray for the offering before we give. I'll tell you, if you've never put God first, I know it's hard at first. Your hand kind of shakes when you write the check because you're letting go. But I just came to tell you this morning, put God first and watch him. In fact, in fact, the Bible says it so strongly. It said, try me in this. See if I won't. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out so much blessing you can't contain it. And God's blessing is twofold. He promises to bless his house. He says, he says to do this so that my house may be full. But then he said, I'm going to bless your house. He's going to bless God's house and he's going to bless your house. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you bless your people now as we give this morning. I pray, Lord, that as the, the little boy that gave his lunch, God, we're already seeing you do some multiplying miracles. You're taking what we have and doing more with it than what makes sense. But you're above and beyond what we could even ask or think. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen.